0: Hi, I'm Jeff Ray, your host for Economic Outlook. Welcome to our show, where each week we take a deep dive into the regional economy and the people, the companies, the communities and projects that are helping our region grow. She's been tapped to head the state of Indiana's tourism efforts with a focus on developing Indiana's brand, improving the product we have to offer and attracting and developing the talent companies need to survive. We're sitting down with Elaine Beadle from the Indiana Destination Development Corporation coming up on Economic Outlook. Visitor spending brings cash into our communities, creating jobs, enhancing the local economy, and improving the quality of life of residents. At the same time, travel and tourism heighten cultural awareness, help create a sense of place for a community, and can provide shared experiences to connect friends and families across generations. Tourism matters in Indiana, and joining me today to talk more about why it does is Elaine Beadle, the Secretary and CEO of the Indiana Destination Development Corporation. Just one other note before we get started, here at WNIT, we're respecting social distancing and, as such, have both our host and our guests joining us today virtually instead of in person. Elaine, welcome, and thank you for joining me today for some discussion about tourism in Indiana.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. I'm happy to be here. It is a hot topic, so...
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh, and we're going to get into several pieces of it. Um, I think maybe the, what I'd love to start with, uh, many of our viewers are familiar with you from your experience before uh, working with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. Right. And and earlier this summer, you grabbed a, a new role here as the secretary and and the CEO here of the Indiana Destination Development. Talk a little bit about um, sort of the creation of that agency and, and kind of the things that you're tasked with there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's... Um... Uh, the legislature in 2019 actually passed a bill to create the Indiana Destination Development Corporation, a quasi-government entity that will that is replacing the Indiana Office of Tourism Development. And as you mentioned, we were effective July 1st, 2020. Uh, so that's when it began. I actually moved from the Indiana Economic Development Corporation uh, in November of 2019 in anticipation of getting things running. So when July 1st comes, we can hit the ground running and, and be effective. But um, the IBDC, however, has a much broader mission than what the Indiana Office of Tourism Development had because that was mostly focused on, on visitors. Our mission is really to promote and brand and tell Indiana's authentic story to be able to attract and retain talent, students, business, as well as visitors because you know they're all kind of tied together. And if we can just kind of tell our story, tell Indiana's story a little bit better so that we can have people outside of the state understanding what a great quality of place that we have here, that that will help raise all boats. That, that will help us attract more talent. And if we don't attract talent, we're not gonna keep the businesses coming here. And likewise, we've got students that come here from all over. Uh, and we need to give them an experience that says, hey, I could I could live here. I could take my first job here. I could raise a family here so that they will do that in Indiana. And, um, you know, visitors are still important. Uh, we we want to convert those visitors who come here to have them maybe find a job here, start a business here, buy a second home here if they aren't going to live here permanently or retire here. I mean, so there's a lot of ways that visiting is still important um, in the state of Indiana.
0: Great. So, you know, when I think about tourism and uh, obviously places like, you know, Disneyland or Disney World, uh, people, I, I think, have a real tangible understanding of, of tourism and how it impacts the, you know, the community around Orlando or something. Um, talk a little bit about Indiana specifically and just, you know, I, I the numbers I see, 81 million, you know, visitors uh, come here. Talk to, uh, to us a little bit about, um one, why people are coming here, some of the things they're looking at, and what the uh, maybe the economic impact is of of those visitors coming.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, Visitors are very important, because when you think about the leisure and hospitality industry, it really helps provide a quality of place and our quality of life for all of our residents. But many times, these attractions and venues can't survive without the additional impact of visitors coming in and spending their dollars and supporting those venues. Now we're not a Disney, we're, we're not Hawaii. So good news, bad news, we're not totally dependent on tourism, obviously. We haven't gotten to that point, but we still understand that this is important. And I will tell you the pandemic has actually um, made Indiana even a little more appealing. You know, we're less dense, densely populated than some other states that might be. And people really wanted the opportunity to be outdoors. And Indiana is a great outdoor state and we're a great traveling state. So if people wanna get in their car, like all the survey said, and they did, they wanted to take their small group, their family or or their close friends and and, uh, go out. And so the parks, the state parks that we have, and we have one of the best state park systems in the country, uh, obviously our national park up your direction. Uh, all of those became bucket lists that people in fact we're finding people saying I'm going to visit every state park uh, but the hiking the trails the riding of their bikes and those types of things camping out all of those things became very popular and of course Indiana has a lot to offer in those places but like you said we have um, we have done well and we have benefited from the um, visitors that have come here in fact in 2018 we had about $13 billion of visitors spend in Indiana. Now, we know that 2019 was even better. Uh, those numbers are just getting put together now. It takes a while to gather all the factors that can tell you the true economic impact of visitors. We know they're they're, they're better. Uh, but, of course, then we got hit by COVID. So, uh, as you would expect, to, to 2020 is going to be a lot less in uh, visitor impact. But uh, Again, you know, our parks were were crowded all the, every day, and and uh, really benefited from um, people getting outdoors.
0: Great, and, and I think it's certainly been exciting to see people coming and experiencing um, Indiana. I I, I know uh, you know from your data there, five percent of of all jobs in Indiana are, are somehow tied back to to tourism. Um, right. You know, obviously you you touched on COVID, and I let, maybe like to talk COVID for. a a quick second. Obviously, the tourism industry probably has been hit as hard or harder uh, than any um, industry um, because of of the limitations placed on traveling and or the inability to gather. So I think of of hotels and restaurants and and some of these destinations. Uh, Can you talk just a little bit about how COVID um, maybe is impacting, uh, you know, some of those kind of industries?
1: Absolutely. Um, In fact, we did, um, we used Rockport Analytics Uh, to do an economic impact study during COVID. You know, what did we lose? So we actually created an index for our leisure and hospitality industry here in Indiana. And we used numbers from 2017 to kind of say, here's our normal, here's our 100%. And those factors included epidemiology, in other words, the the COVID count. It included um, travel uh, interruptions. So we were looking at the throughput at TSA at our Indianapolis airport, as well as our other regional airports. We were looking at business sentiment, uh, unemployment numbers and consumer sentiment. And basically that 100 being our our normal from 2017, in February of 2020, we were at 101.5. But in May, when we started doing this, we were down to 55, I believe it was. So we had lost 45% Of the activity within the leisure and hospitality industry uh, by that time. And we did it for a few more weeks and we we did get ourselves up by the end of June to 66, still down 34%. So we just ran some more numbers and those, though, so we want to see where that index has gone now at the end of the year, end of 2020, and where we stand right now in January. So those numbers will be coming out soon to kind of tell us if we've recovered. But we were hit hard and we continue to be hit hard um, until. Uh, people feel really comfortable getting back out and getting back to their normal lifestyles because these um, venues, these hotels, these restaurants, the attractions—they need people. That's their bloodstream. They need people coming in and being spending money in their in their facilities. And if people aren't doing that, then they're really hurting. In fact, I just saw some um, numbers um, a while back now, but by probably in um, in in December that basically said twenty percent of restaurants in Indiana have already closed and another one-third say they're not going to make it through June of 2021 without some additional federal assistance or assistance from somewhere so um, you know we hate losing those and it doesn't mean new restaurants won't get started but it does take a period of time to kind of get back up to um, the kind of economic impact that you can make
0: Great. Well, we, we appreciate your leadership there. We know that the industry in particular is, is uh, um, anxious for things to get back to some normalcy, as, as we all are, and for uh, people to be out and safe and, and traveling. I've been very impressed with the, uh, the industry as a whole and the steps they've taken to, to really keep people safe, and, and I, I think that's critical, and, and our hoping is, is 2021 will, 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 will look a little bit more normal at some point.
1: I hope so. And we need it. We need that recovery. And, you know, the industry is resilient. It will come back, hopefully. It's just a matter of time and building back up. And, um, you know, from visitor perspective, we have leisure visitors come, but we also have business visitors, you know, the ones coming into all of our convention centers around the state. And, And that's a big part of that spend as well that we need to recover.
0: Great. I'm speaking with Elaine Beal. Elaine is the head of the Indiana Destination Development Corporation. Elaine, we're gonna leave the studio real quick. I'm gonna toss to George Lefanyotis. George is my co-host for a little local angle on what's going on in tourism. George, let me toss it to you.
2: Thanks, Jeff. I am just off the campus of the University of Notre Dame. As you can tell behind me, one of our area's most important and prominent tourist attractions. I'm joined today by our good friend, Rob DeClean. Rob, thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me, it's a pleasure. Rob, you are the executive director of Visit South Bend Mishawaka. Could you tell our audience a little bit about what your day-to-day
3: job looks like? Sure, so we're the official destination marketing organization for St. Joseph County. Um, And as such, all of our efforts are put into trying to bring more visitors back to St. Joseph County um, and ideally to spend the night in a hotel room because that's how we're funded. We're funded by a hotel tax. So a portion of the uh, 6% tax in St. Joseph County comes to our office and it's all intended to go right back in to try and bring more visitors right back here. So
2: essentially you are a uh, a service provider to the, not only the whole hotel industry, but the entire tourism area or or industry in St. Joseph I think County. that's
3: what a statement. We're sort of a liaison amongst the entire industry with um, the the intent focus to try and just bring uh, more resources and visitors back to the area. Now, before we get into some of our
2: crazy 2020 storylines, I want to talk a little bit about our high point tourist attractions, such as the University of Notre Dame. We know that uh, not only do campus activities such as commencement are a big deal, but also the football games, right? Um, what else about St. Joseph County are we, do we kind of overlook as major tourist uh, areas?
3: Sure, we, the, sto- the story does start with Notre Dame. It's a, it's a hugely impactful attraction in our, from our perspective for St. Joseph County. But then don't forget, we have four other colleges. So we have IU South Bend, Holy Cross, St. Mary's, and Bethel, all of whom also have commencements and parents weekends and sets of alumni that bring people back to the area, conferences that they host. So that's a huge impact. Uh, perhaps the, most, the biggest impact outside of Notre Dame, though, is youth sports. So about 40,000 hotel room nights a year um, are directly responsible because of youth sports. So think youth hockey, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, you name it. Um, Another area that we very much benefit from is just being the general population center for the region. So as such, we're the the shopping uh, destination, we're the dining destination, we're the the performing arts destination within the whole region. You put all of that together, um, and then we have a a beautiful convention center in the heart of downtown South Bend where we can host meetings and and, and conventions and a variety of other conference centers uh, throughout the county. And we have a nice package to offer uh, a variety of visitors. You
2: know, you mentioned that convention center downtown South Bend, and uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about downtown South Bend in that there have been efforts the past few years to revitalize downtown and also make it part of that general tourist attraction for the area. I think specifically of the East Race and some of those other activities. How is that going?
3: Uh, It's phenomenal, you know. What I love about all the recent development in downtown South Bend and the improvements is just how visible they are. You can see them, you can see the change happening. Uh, So can visitors. Visitors are seeing a different downtown South Bend and whatnot. So, um, and that all comes together. is sort of the quality of place, if you will. Uh, And it's essential to have a high quality of place for the resident in order for the visitor to also enjoy those exact same things. So the, the two just go hand in hand and it's, it's such a great Uh, joy to see what's happening in downtown South Bend. All right,
2: and then on a final note, you mentioned hand in hand, our viewing audience goes beyond South Bend and St. Joseph County. There is a strong partnership between some of the other counties such as Berrien County and Lake Michigan, or Elkhart County and the RV capital of the world. They help downtown South Bend and St. Joe County become a better tourist area, don't they?
3: No question, again, it comes back to that regional population center.
2: Thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it, not to cut you short, but we are out of time. Our host uh, back in the studio is going to talk a lot more about that, so with that, Jeff, back to you to talk more about tourism and what Indiana is doing to step up its game and attract more people to visit the state.
0: Thank you, George, appreciate the uh, local perspective there and uh, obviously a lot of great things uh, happening in the tourism space in Northern Indiana and a lot of great partners of yours, Elaine. I'm with Elaine Beadle, Elaine is head of the Indiana Destination Development Corporation and we're talking tourism. In Indiana and why it matters. Uh, Elaine, let me talk a little, uh, you know, when we talk about your focus areas I think about branding, for example, and we're up in northern Indiana on the uh, bottom edge of Michigan. We've been, you know, overwhelmed by the Pure Michigan uh, campaign and what it's done to bring visitors there. Talk a little bit about the efforts in Indiana to brand Indiana and help uh, attract visitors uh, to the Hoosier State.
1: Well, Pure Michigan has done a wonderful job. You know, they started that, I believe, in 2006. So they've been at it for a while and uh, it really works for them and it's been accepted and it really reflects on the whole state. Uh, and that's what we're looking for. Indiana really needs that brand, be it words, be it icon, whatever, that really um, sends the message of what, of what Indiana is about. I mean, a brand is something that uh, is here. I mean, Indiana has a brand. We just got to figure out how to message it how to talk about the virtues, the values, the culture, the Hoosier hospitality that we all know uh, so well. And we've got to get that out. And I will tell you, when we do talk to people, that's what they say so much about Indiana is great. I mean, it's the people are wonderful. You can get accepted easily. You can get around easily. There's things to do. Um, No heavy traffic issues. I mean, All kinds of quality of life things that they say. We have to figure out, the formula that works to message that out. And and to message it with all of our corporations, with our universities, uh, with all of our other nonprofit organizations to keep putting out that this is Indiana and this is what we're all about. So we're working toward that. And we really hope to be able to get something moving in that, that area because again, that's what we're missing. When we talk to people outside the state, they, they can't really identify anything with Indiana. And uh, you know, maybe sometimes our big events like the Indianapolis 500 and things like that, but you know, they, just, they just don't understand what it would be like. Now, if we get people to visit here, then they come away with a very different uh, perspective of Indiana.
0: Great. So, you know, part of that focus, uh, you know, I, I think of the attracting visitor side. I think the branding piece is an important piece. But just talk about some of the ways that, um, or, or even places that we that we try to attract uh, visitors from. Where what what are some of the efforts to get more people to come to Indiana to, to visit and and see what we have to offer?
1: Well, from the visitor perspective, you know, we're really easy to drive into, and so a lot of our surrounding states take that opportunity to drive in. But you know, we've got The best airport um seven years in a row i think in 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 our size of airports and so we do get a lot of visitors that come in that way and rave that way as well so we are trying to to move out now COVID has slowed all that down i mean obviously there's no sense in spending dollars promoting uh to get people to come here when no one can travel and that type of thing so that did slow us down a little bit but we'll get back to that as well but you know just as important as putting in um Uh, ways that we can help our corporations and our small businesses recruit their talent. I mean, one of the things that I heard early on from CEOs is that I can't attract talent from outside the state. In other words, I've got a job, I'm talking to a candidate, and their response is normally, why would I come to Indiana? They just don't have a vision of it. They can't can't figure it out. They haven't heard anything. And so that's what we've got to overcome and getting that message out. So we hope to provide some um, tools to our corporate recruiters, as well as our small business owners to be able to use it when they've got somebody on the phone, they can say, well, what are you interested in? And that they might be able to pull up one of our tools, which is gonna be an interactive map that shows all kinds of attractions and activities around the state um, and and get them to get comfortable with the idea that maybe this would be somewhere that they would be happy. And you know, a lot of people, if they're coming with a family, it's so important to know what our school systems are like and kids' activities or whatever. So we need to focus on there as well. Um, we've got one thing that I will mention as well, and that's the um, the effort that we've put into attracting sports activities. You know, when you think of some of our large venues, I know you have them in, in South Bend area as well, where people are coming in for tournaments, be it ice hockey or whatever it might be. And we've got Grand Park in central Indiana and a few other things like that. They bring... Hundreds of thousands of people into our state for their children to participate in sports. It's a great opportunity for us to be marketing to um, their parents to say, hey, why don't we try and and think about spending a, a business here or running a company here or living here and it's a great opportunity to kind of market while they've got time between those soccer games, the basketball games, those hockey games to really think about things and look around. So it's giving them that experience to be able to convert that visitor to something more.
0: On your uh, to do list, I think, is also the product development side of things, having the attractions here. Uh, speak a little bit to how um how you play in that space and how you can influence uh, even communities like ours to uh, to help develop the product that that visitors want to see or experience
1: right well we've, we've done a little bit of that through what we call a destination a- destination asset map we're sort of uh, determining what are the major attractors that bring people in from out of out of state and then when they're here all of the other attractions that are important to have as well So we need to look around the state and we were mapping those out as to where are the major attractions and and in some areas, maybe there isn't one, but maybe there's an opportunity to create one if we just take an existing um, attraction and make it better or maybe there's a whole brand new idea that needs to go there. Right now, the only thing that we have available to uh, help people do that from a funding side are our destination development grants that we do, which um, you know, it's about $400,000. because it's spread around two or three um, different active or different uh, projects um, in a very competitive process. But, you know, it would be nice if we could do something similar to what the regional cities did, where they really helped um, developers come in and create those quality of life places, whether it be a park or an apartment complex or something like that. So we really need to work with the legislature to hopefully have something like that. I think everyone sees that regional cities was a huge benefit and was successful, but it's, it's the idea of where's the funding, particularly we had one-time funding for that, that effort and you know where can we get the funding to do something like that or even get more creative on how we can provide some incentive uh, for those things to be developed.
0: Great, and, and Elaine, a uh, chance here to say thank you for your help on the regional city side. Your role at the IDC was uh, critical and, and we certainly were one of those communities that, or regions that benefited from it and on the show here, We've had a chance to highlight um, you know qu- quite a bit and so thank you. Uh, I, in our last couple of minutes here I want to go back to the talent piece because if, if you and I had had a conversation a couple of years ago when you were at the IEDC you would have talked to me about talent 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 and, and the challenges and now you switched roles but you're telling me the same uh, <laughs> thing so so d- d- help me understand this intersection between visitors coming to the state and uh, and permanent people coming to the state, too, and why they're, why it's so important that, like, your work at the IEDC and, and this, uh, you know, kind of um, mesh together.
1: Right. Well, at the IEDC, we really were focused on providing incentives for businesses to move here. And when they asked about talent, we said, no problem. We can connect you with Purdue or IU or Notre Dame or to Ivy Tech for wherever the talent pipeline was coming from. They really didn't ask at the time, will my, will my employees follow me? Or can I attract talent from outside the state? And I think that's gonna be the next, the next thing I'll we'll be asking because talent is the competition right now. And so what we need to do from this side and how we work so closely with the IEDC is that we wanna tell Indiana's story so it's easy for that talent to make that decision to come in. It's the same reason people wanna visit here so it's it's all tied together so if we can tell the story if we can give the message out there that shows the quality of place the quality of life here it brings visitors because they want to see it but it also brings the talent once they get here and experience it we're doing something that's taking off right now in january called the hoosiers by choice video campaign and it is actually individuals who have moved here from somewhere else perhaps reluctantly who have found that they love it here and here's and they share in a 90 second video why they're here, why they love it and why they're never leave. I mean, they are heartwarming stories. And I think that's gonna help convince people who've never been here to maybe think about it as well, but hopefully it even tells our own residents that, hey, this is a pretty good place and look at, look at what they all appreciate here, something that I've sort of taken for granted maybe. And um, so I think it's gonna be a great campaign to kind of show a lot of those things and why there's such a huge intersection.
0: Great, Elena, our last you know, 60 seconds or so here, uh, help our viewers understand if they wanna follow you know kind of what's going on, uh, if they, they're interested in more uh, about tourism and such, uh, where would we send them to?
1: to visitindiana.com. Uh, all of the campaigns that we've done to kind of showcase Indiana and, and what we've got to offer have been through that. We will be putting together other websites. Um, in fact, the Hoosiers by Choice will ha- has a microsite that, that's going to be uh, available for people to look at and see all the different videos as well. Uh, but we'll be creating some um, living in Indiana kind of website that really kind of showcases everything from where, where people, the housing here, the um the um, urban suburban and and rural areas talking about uh, the businesses we have here and a lot more so all about quality of place
0: great elaine thank you so much for your leadership and the things you're doing to help drive tourism obviously uh, we're excited to watch the progress in the coming years and having worked with you before on things know you're going to experience some great success and appreciate you sharing that story with us today
1: absolutely thank you jeff for the opportunity i appreciate it
0: so that's it for our show today. Thank you for watching on WNIT or listening to our podcast. To watch this episode again or any of our past episodes, you can find Economic Outlook at WNIT.org or find our podcast on most major podcast platforms. We also encourage you to like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. I'm Jeff Ray. I'll see you next week.
2: This WNIT local production has been made possible in part by viewers like you. Thank you.